Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Banging brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast is coming up next. The Colin Kaepernick situation has been settled. We are podcasting during a national emergency. Oh, and really, 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 we are going really deep on this entire Meek Mill situation. All that and more. Plus, Juicy Jesse Somley gets Willie hunched for an unprecedented second time. All that and more. On the new I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast coming up next. Miles Jordan, let me get something real nice, something real proper, but most importantly, something real funky. Let's go. All right. All right. Have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast is here. My goodness. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Shaman Rappaport, a.k.a. the White Bobby Womack. See, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I know there are a lot of brand new fans listening to this episode. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, This is a non-fact-checking entity. We don't fact check anything. We are shooting from the hip and letting the chips fall where they may. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast prides itself on museum quality virtuoso podcasting. Let's just get to it. There's so many things to discuss. I mean, it is just, man, there's so many things I got to get into. Um, I'm a little talked out because... You guys, the fans, probably won't get a chance to see it for a couple of weeks. Um, But I just, I literally just left Snoop Doggy Dog's compound, his stage, um, his facility. Let's call it a facility, um, where I did another GGN interview with him. Um, You know, he has a show, the GGN Network. Um, and he has his talk show where he interviews all sorts of dope people. I mean, a lot of dope people have been on there. Uh, Cube's been on there. Jamie Foxx was on there the last time I was there when I was recording. Today, Mike Tyson came in when I was leaving to record with Snoop. Um, There was a lot of weed smoking, a lot of shit talking. So if my voice sounds a little scratchy, um, that's because I went in 
with uh, Snoop Dogg, um, and uh, and then I got and then Mike Ty- and I'm sitting there with Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg. I'm like, it's, there's sometimes where I can't say anything. I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, but I was there, and uh, if you're hearing a little huff, a little huskiness uh, to the normally uh, museum quality voice. Uh, that's what uh, you're hearing. Um, it's just from uh, talking all day. So I was in Charlotte for the All-Star game. I left the day of the game. I was down there. I got to watch the All-Star game, which was good. It's crazy. It's crazy that because there's so many sports shows and debate shows and this kind of show and that kind of show, they're literally... Breaking down, I've never heard this before. All the shows broke down the All-Star game like it was a, an actual game. Normally, it's not taken seriously. But they were like, oh, well, Team Giannis was ahead, and then LeBron James and them, and they came in, and they blew the lead. Like, no one's thinking twice about losing a fucking All-Star game. There's not one All-Star that's like, damn, we blew that lead uh, last night in the All-Star game. It's, it's an exhibition game. At best, with with moments of eighty five percent playing uh, at a high level, maybe at most eighty five percent. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, he 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 don't fuck around though. He, he's the only one who's like it's just a regular game. Like homeboy doesn't have a, a dial down switch. Um, Russell Westbrook um, usually is the guy that just goes full tilt all the time. Even he. Uh, doesn't go full tilt in all-star games anymore. But but the Greek freak just is like, fuck it, I'm all in. Uh, if there's a basketball game going on, I'm going full tilt. And I like it. Fucking like it. The other thing that I like about Russell Westbrook is that he truly does not like Joel Embiid. Uh, he was asked about Joel Embiid uh, and being on the same team with Joel Embiid for the all-star game. And he was like, next question. Like, he he don't fuck with him. And, and I think uh, I'll always support that. I think we, we need a little bit more of that. We're never going to go back to the 80s and 90s and 70s where these guys would actually meet for the first time on actual basketball courts. A lot of these guys have known each other since they're 12, 13 years old, literally playing AAU. And the best guy in, in this city uh, uh, is teamed up with the best guy in that part of the city. And they come together in the AAU teams literally since they're fucking teenagers. The slam dunk contest... Well, first of all, the fact that the three-point contest and the skills challenge is now consistently more exciting than the slam dunk contest says a lot. The slam dunk contest used to be the cherry on the top. Um, The way the the program is set up on Saturday night, it's the skills contest, then the three-point contest, and then the dunk contest. Do not be surprised if next year, if the stars are not competing in the dunk contest, if it switches in order. And that's sad. A three-point shooting contest should not be more exciting than an NBA slam dunk contest. And next year, Zion Williamson, who we all know is going to be drafted into the NBA, and he's a fucking human highlight film in college. Uh, He'll be, I think, 19 uh, by the time the next slam dunk contest comes around. And you know he's going to go out there and try to win that shit. Um, If other stars like Giannis and Donovan Mitchell don't join in, do not be surprised if the three-point contest or the skills challenge or some combination of both uh, is the last thing we show. Because the slam dunk contest was so bad this year Namely because there was no stars. Dennis Smith Jr., um, who I love as a New York Nick, uh, treat him as family now, who I was rooting for to win the slam dunk contest, was the biggest name in the slam dunk contest. But it was, it was, it was a disaster. It, it was a fucking shit show. Again. It was bad, um, and it got worse. And, and here's a few reasons. Get the fucking props out of here. No more props. No more airplanes. A one guy tried to jump over uh, uh, some sort of like plastic airplane 
and he made the dunk but broke the airplane. Like he kicked the airplane going up and he kicked the airplane going down. I don't even remember which guy. And, and all you can see is him kicking the airplane. He actually made the dunk. Other guys are jumping over this one, jumping over that one. But when, when it takes four or five or six attempts, and sometimes they'll say it's not an attempt because they, they didn't try to dunk it or they jump up and they don't let go of the ball, so it's not... It's an attempt. That's an attempt. Listen, these are young guys. These are NBA players. We've seen them all do these dunks on Instagram. Uh, the kid from Queens... Dennis Smith, we've seen him do crazy shit on Instagram. We saw him do crazy shit in his high school slam dunk contest. But I don't care who you are. If, if you miss the first dunk, you get one more try to jump and do the dunk. Uh, and if you miss that, that's it. Sit down. There's no more third chance, fourth chance, Oh, oh, that wasn't considered a chance because he jumped up and he, he, he put the ball behind his back, but he didn't actually dunk it. Fifth chance, sixth chance. You missed the dunk, sit the fuck down. That's it. No more. And that's the rules. And everybody gets informed of the rules before they get to the slam dunk contest. Everybody gets informed of the rules when they get asked to be in the dunk contest. Here's the rules. You either make the dunk or you sit the fuck down. It's cheapening the evening. It's cheapening the event. I'm sure ESPN and TBS and, and all the Instagram accounts can edit together what, what, what appears to be a good dunk contest. But if you're a viewer like myself and you're sitting there watching this shit, it's embarrassing. These are the best basketball players in the world and they're taking six attempts and they might not even land the sixth and final dunk. This is the NBA we're talking about. We're not at Venice Beach. We're not at West 4th Street. And even those guys don't need six attempts to make one dunk. You make the dunk or you sit the fuck down. If you make it to the finals, you could do props. That's it. There's no more friends. There's no more marching bands. There's no more model airplanes. There's none of it. There's no more cupcakes on the rim. There's no, you're, not everybody is Superman. Dwight Howard did that shit. Okay, then Nate Robinson did that shit. There's, not everybody's Superman. Okay? That's it. It's embarrassing. This is the NBA. This is supposed to be the best of the best. These guys need to be jumping rope on the sidelines, uh, doing burpees on the sidelines, warming up, and getting out there with a lather so, so they're, they're, they're sweating so they could do the fucking dunks that everybody knows they can do. I don't know if it's nerves or what. But, or they need to get rid of the dunk contest or make it like based on who's participating. Or, or you have to audition to be in the dunk contest. Something. It's got to be improved. It's, it's not fair. It's cheapening the NBA. The fact that the best players in the league need six attempts to do one dunk this is embarrassing. Think about that. You look at those iconic pictures of Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, uh, 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 you know, Sean Kemp, Dr. J, uh, and these dunk contests. It was one try. There was no props. Yeah, when Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine did it, that was great. But but they didn't miss fifteen dunks. They missed one, two, maybe. But this is crazy. You miss. I mean, it, it's crazy. I, listen, I, I'm not a dunker. I never been. Okay? So who am I to talk? But I'm not in the dunk contest. You see? That's the difference. I'm not in the actual dunk contest. Okay? We need to fix the dunk contest ASAP or just scratch it, which would be really sad. Considering it's the NBA. I am Rappaport Podcast. I gotta say happy birthday to the great. John Travolta um, needs no introduction. Um, Saturday Night Fever is one of the most influential movies that I've ever seen. Influenced uh, uh, me as a kid when it came out in 1979. I saw it in the movie theaters 23 times. That's a fact. 
My mom took me. That's the difference. See, if you look at that movie, there's cursing, there's drugs, there's sexual assault, there's nudity. You know, Saturday Night Fever, you know, when we think about that movie, you think about the white suit and the dancing. That's like a gritty, R-rated, 1970s film. The music and the dancing uh, was kind of like the highlight of it. But that's probably, I don't know, if you edit it all together, six minutes of the film, seven minutes of the film, eight at the most, where you actually see people dancing. The movie is a gritty uh, story that deals with a lot of crazy shit. The point is, is that at the time, uh, my parents, you know, they took me to see everything. The Shining, of course, Rocky, uh, Raging Bull came out in 1980. Um, I saw that in the theaters. My sister took me to see that. And anything else that was playing. In 2019, you take your kid to see one of these movies, like a gritty R-rated movie. You get arrested for that type of shit. Uh, uh, they didn't ask me, do you want to go see Saturday Night Fever? Do you? I didn't know what, what the fuck was going on. Now, I knew that John Travolta was on one of my favorite TV shows at the time, Welcome Back, Carter. Um, but, you know, you went where your parents took you. Some of the movies I didn't like. They took me to see every fucking thing that came out. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Taxi Driver in the movie theater. I think I was six when that shit came out. There was no, oh, you're going to go see Finding Nemo. You're going to go see The Incredibles. You went where you went. And my parents, and I think a lot of parents uh, uh, of that time, we didn't ask, hey, do you want to go to this see? Do you want to go to see this movie? Do, do you, do you want to? Uh, do, 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 you know, one thing I could say to, to young parents, don't give your kids opinions too early. You get what you get, okay? And you don't get upset. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. I don't know how I got off on that. Oh, because of, of Saturday Night Fever. Dark film. Very dark film. Rewatch it. It's a great film. Um, do not forget about, about just the story, the plot, the coming of age. It's a great coming of age story. That's what Saturday Night Fever is. Um, and John Travolta, 65 years old. 65. Yo, John Travolta is about as big. Yo, at, at the time... He went from Welcome Back Carter to Saturday Night Fever, which was a game-changing film. Do you know that that film was so popular that it came out as an R-rated film? And, and um, it was doing well. It was a phenomenon. At the, at the time, there was like movies would become phenomenon. Star Wars was uh, around that time. Jaws. Um, you didn't have options. Like, oh, I'm going to Netflix and chill. There was no HBO. There was no, you know, I think HBO just started, but barely anybody had it. So you'd go to the movie and you'd wait online for three hours uh, you'd, for the three o'clock screening. You'd get there at 12 o'clock, buy your tickets and wait there like a fucking animal in the heat or the cold. You know, you look at those pictures of uh, people lined up to see Jaws and Star Wars or whatever the fuck it may have been at that time in the, in the snow. And Saturday Night Fever came out. It was R-rated. And then the year that it came out, I think they were doing it uh, to, to get more box office. And I think for Academy Award consideration, which it didn't get, um, the music, I think, did. Uh, I believe the Bee Gees got nominated. And the soundtrack, Saturday Night Fever, I think, is the, uh, uh, was at one point, it might have gotten an eclipse now, but it was definitely the, 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 the biggest selling soundtrack ever. And I think until the Titanic soundtrack came out with that Celine Dion song, or maybe it still is. I don't fact check. We do not fact check at the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. The bottom line is, is that when Saturday Night Fever came out and then he followed it up with Grease, it was over. John Travolta, it was done. He was the biggest movie star for a long time. And then he made Urban Cowboy, which was a dark film. And we know the rest. And then he finally came back with Pulp Fiction. And now he's just John Travolta. Also, John Travolta, I'm glad you shaved your head you deserve better than those weird wigs, my man. And this is coming from somebody that loves you. Love, love, love John Travolta. Um, and he's just such an influential uh, actor to so many people. And, and, and that performance is Tony Manero in Saturday Night Fever. Forget about it. Um, so happy birthday, John Travolta.
What else is going on? I'm actually surprised uh, we were able to pull together this I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast under such duress, uh, considering that as I'm recording, it is a national emergency. Who would have thought that during uh, such a a panic-filled, fear-fueled, National emergency that dirty, dick-stained Donald Trump called for that we would be able to function out in the world. I, I, I never, I never would have thought we would be able to pull off a podcast. Can you guys actually hear me? Uh, me myself, I, I didn't record this from the gloom tomb. I'm in a bunker, hidden away, uh, eating soup out of a can because it's you know a national emergency. Um, this national emergency, uh, I don't want to go uh, deep down the national emergency uh, rabbit hole here, was of course called because Dick Stain, Donald Trump, uh, draft dodging Donald Trump uh, needs that fucking wall. He needs that fucking wall, which is now going to turn into a fence. Um, there's, there's walls all over the place. There's, there's fences and there's dividers all over the place, but he won't stop till he can say, I got that wall Built, you fucks, you dumb fucks, um, and now you have to vote for me again. Uh, That's why we are in a national emergency. And now 15 states, 15 states are doing the unprecedented because uh, Dick Stane Donald Trump, of course, does the unprecedented all the fucking time. 15 states, including California and New York, are saying, no, you fuck. There is no reason to call a national emergency. So now they've uh, joined together and uh, created a lawsuit that's going to go to federal court uh, against this fucking guy. It's Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, and so forth, New York, New Jersey. They're all against Dick Stain, Donald Trump. Now, I hope these states will be as, 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 as uh, emphatic when it comes to voting because I, I, I know even the most staunch Republican has got to be tired of it. We're all tired of it. I'll say this one more time. Whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Independent, whatever the fuck you're into, when Dick Stain, Donald Trump leaves, gets impeached, goes to jail or is finally just done being the president, we're all going to have to clean up the mess. Okay, Dick Stain, Donald Trump, doesn't clean up after himself. He, he, he shits in his, in his man diaper, and we, the people, of all shapes, creeds, and colors, Republicans, Democrats, and everything in between to the right and to the left of it, we're going to all have to clean up Dick Stain, Donald Trump's doo-doo diaper. Saturday Night Live continues to be uh, uh, not funny uh, week after week. It's like uh, you maybe get a chuckle, 90 minutes. It's a 90-minute television show. Um, But they are relentless on Dick Stain, Donald Trump. And this past weekend, um, Alec Baldwin did yet another uh, skit annihilating this motherfucker. And Dick Stain Donald Trump is so upset, so aggravated by this, that he said in some sort of tweet, Dick Stain said, there's nothing funny about tired Saturday Night Live on fake news, NBC. Question is, how do the networks get away with these total Republican hit jobs without retribution? Listen, why are there not any Republican Trump supporting people that are funny? That, that's just a question. There's got to be. There's millions of people that voted this animal in as president. None of them are funny. None of them can make any skits. Nothing. Alec Baldwin, keep pounding this fuck. No, Bruno. Saturday Night Live, keep pounding this fuck. He watches it, he sees it, he complains about it, and then he talks about how it's a failing show. But you watch it, fatso. If it's so, I guarantee you Donald Trump 
watches that shit live every Saturday. He doesn't watch it on DVR. He doesn't catch it on Hulu on demand or NBC on demand. I guarantee you that motherfucker watches it every single Saturday. Can you imagine at 11.30 p.m., dick-stained Donald Trump is in his bed naked or in a fucking onesie? Well, what that image is like and this fat dog watching Saturday Night Live freaking out. Oh, that's not funny. It is funny. It's funny. People love it. I love it. Okay? The only one who doesn't love it is you and Dick Stain Donald Trump Jr. I am Rappaport Podcast. The Colin Kaepernick uh, story appears to have come to an end. Um, a couple of days ago, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, uh, the safety uh, uh, who uh, is now with the Carolina Panthers, who played football last year, if you're not a big football person, uh, who filed grievances against the NFL. We all know the Colin Kaepernick story. Um, I believe it was Friday. They came to some agreement. Um, there was a financial agreement. Well, we don't know what the agreement is. Uh, and here's what I have to say about that. I'm glad it's over. I'm, I'm glad it's over. Um, I'm glad uh, people are, are you know estimating that it was 60 to 80 million dollars. Other people were estimating that it was 20 uh, to 40 million dollars that Kaepernick was given. Uh, there was obviously collusion. The fucking guy hasn't played football for two years, not a tryout. Mark Sanchez came back from the dead and started in an NFL football game just a few weeks ago for the Washington Redskins. And the list of uh, has-beens and nobodies all played. And they signed a, a, a non-disclosure a agreement that they wouldn't be able to talk about it, to talk about the settlement. So that's why when, when completely fake news and uh, town criers say, oh, it's estimated that it was 60 to $80 million. Or it was estimated that it was 20 to $40 million that Kaepernick was given. How the fuck do you know? You don't know. You think that Colin Kaepernick is going to risk all the trouble that this has been through? All the craziness that this has been through? And he's going to leak it? You don't know. It's fake fucking news. You don't know. They, like the, the, the sports world, and, and there's so many different sports uh, uh, media outlets, and this one and that one in pockets. Uh, uh, just today they said that uh, James Dolan was selling the New York Knicks, and then the Knicks released a statement saying, that's not true. And everybody wants to be the first one. See, I was the one who broke the James Dolan story. I was the one who said that Colin Kaepernick got 68 to $80 million. They're just making this shit up. People literally just make this shit up, and if they have a lot of Instagram or Twitter followers, people will uh, see it and then run with it. Oh, Bill Simmons said, but who cares what Bill Simmons, well, he got it from reliable sources. Name the sources. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. It's crazy. But the reason why I say I'm glad it's over, because, um, and I, I don't know how this is going to play out or if it's going to continue. I personally don't think they're going to let Colin Kaepernick play football ever again. In the NFL, they might. Um, uh, if a team, I think he'll get a tryout. I, I don't fucking know. It's not football season. My, my, my football brain is off. But I know for the last two years, he should have at least gotten some sort of tryout. Because when you got the, the bottom, the bottom of the bottom uh, was that when the Washington Redskins gave Mark Sanchez the starting job, knowing that if Mark Sanchez went down, uh, uh, there needed to still be a backup quarterback. I forgot the guy who came in to fill in after Mar uh, Mark Sanchez. And even after that guy who came in and started and did a decent job, who's, who's going to uh, back him up? Kaepernick couldn't get any of these positions with any of these teams? Get the fuck out of here. But I'm just glad it's over and that there's a non-disclosure agreement and any, any information that comes out now, it's all, it's all fake. It's all made up. Because um, it's been going on for two years and you know Dick Stain Donald Trump is going to come out with some sort of something about it uh, if Kaepernick does play. Imagine if he plays. 
Oh, uh, what it's I don't fucking know. We're getting ready to go into NBA playoff time. I'm so done with football. I'm just glad that this part of it is over. But I do not think uh, uh, the Colin Kaepernick NFL story is over. I don't know how it's going to play itself out, but it, it ain't over. It's too salacious uh, to be over. Um, <clears throat> what else? Because I'm gonna get into this Meek Mill shit in a minute. Uh. Takashi69, who I couldn't pick a song of his out of a lineup. Um, but I have said, I've been on record saying that I like that he talks shit, whatever. Now the guy's in federal fucking prison, and uh, apparently he's uh, uh, spilled the beans and all this stuff, and he's getting out of jail. Um, I don't know how the fuck he's going to get out of jail, continue to be a rapper. I don't know what the legalities of it is. They said he's going to be in federal witness protection program. Or, or he might not want that. Because when this guy comes out of jail, uh, he's going to be even bigger uh, and more successful than he was before. Again, his fucking music is... But motherfuckers know him. Motherfuckers uh, uh, like him. Motherfuckers miss him. Um, now he has the stigma of being a snitch. And can you be a snitch... An actual proven federal snitch and be successful in hip hop, I say absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the mold has been broken. It ain't the fucking the 80s or the 90s. We're keeping it real and all that shit. Listen, Rick Ross used to be a, a corrections officer. Who would have thought that a rapper? who is a gangster rapper talking about drug dealing this, slinging that, fucking bitches doing all this shit, would be successful. And he's actually a former CO. You never would have thought he would have made it out of that uh, with, with any credibility. But he has. He has. So my prediction is that Takashi 69 will come out at some point, if this is true, that he's going to serve no no jail time or just a few more months or I don't know, a year or two. Who the fuck knows? Because at one point he was, they were talking about 47 fucking years of uh, jail time. You ain't coming out as a 60-year-old rapper uh, uh, rocking and rolling. Uh, but who knows? At that point, 47 years from now, hopefully I, I won't be uh, concerning myself with this craziness. But someone asked me to do a debate or answer the question, who do you think is more likely to have a career in the next 12 months, Takashi 69 or Juicy Jesse Somlet, Somle, whatever the fuck his name is. And my prediction is Takashi 69 will absolutely have a career before Juicy Jesse has a career, which brings me to the latest on this fucking nut job. Oh my Jesus Christ. Yo. Yo, yo, I said, I said it, I said it on the last I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast uh, during the Willie Hutching. I thought that the Jesse Somle thing from the beginning, okay, I thought from the beginning that something was off, something wasn't right. To quote the great Keith Sweat, something, something just ain't right. Something, something just ain't right. I said, I thought this was a dick suck gone wrong. Now, some people may think that is homophobic. Au contraire. There is nothing homophobic by me saying, I thought this was a dick suck gone wrong. Let me explain. Because whether you're a man or a woman, a straight man or a straight woman, we've all been a part of a dick suck gone wrong. Think about it. You hook up with a woman, uh, something uh, could have gone wrong with the actual dick suck. You hook up with a woman, uh, there's a dick suck, and, and uh, she uh, expects uh, you to be her boyfriend. Uh, you get a dick suck, and you expect, as a guy, uh, think uh, maybe we're going to have sex. These are all things that could possibly go wrong with a dick suck. 
There is nothing homophobic. And when I thought, in my thinking, when I said the Jesse Soam Lake case was a dick suck gone wrong. Okay, let me be clear on that because everything about this is sensitive, hypersensitive, as it should be. Now, I really hutched this fucking guy on the last I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, and I've got a lot of requests to Willie Hutch him again, and I thought, has anybody been Willie Hutched twice? Has anybody gotten Willie Hutched more than once? And since we do not fact check here at the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, I have to go off of memory, and as far as I know, uh, as far as I can remember, nobody has gotten Willie Hutched twice. Yet here we are. Miles! Let me get that Willie Hutch. Give me that fucking Willie Hutch! No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Juicy Jesse Somley. The motherfucker, the only motherfucker in the world who spells the name Jesse with a U. Said it once, I'll say it again. Duke, we should have known something was off with you. Baby, don't do it. Spell Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E. Okay, there ain't no fucking you in Jesse. Okay, Juicy Jesse. J-U-S-S-I-E spells Juicy. J-U-I-C-Y spells Juicy. Who the fuck are you trying to fool? Now, after all this shit... Nobody, there's no, there's no gambling man, there's no far-fetched, out-of-the-box thinker who would have ever thought in their wildest dreams, Juicy Jesse, crazy, kooky motherfucker, you, that no, it was not a dick suck gone wrong. No, you didn't actually get beat up in a homophobic racial attack. You dumb fuck you. You staged the whole thing. Allegedly. Even though I'm Willie Hutchins, you ain't gonna sue me. You staged the whole thing, allegedly. Based on all the reports of, as of this I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, it looks like Juicy Jesse Somley hired two extras that he knew, that he worked out with, that he was friendly with, at least business acquaintances with, that he worked out with. Two brothers that are Nigerian. Two black men, you dumb fuck. You ain't got no white extras on Empire. You could have, yo, in show business, they always say casting is everything, Juicy Jesse. You know this. Casting is everything. You cast the wrong two brothers. And they're saying that, allegedly. The two Nigerian brothers were paid $3,500 a piece to stage the attack. And they rehearsed the shit. Oh my goodness. You rehearsed the attack, you sick fuck you. And not only did he pay him $3,500 a piece, and there was supposed to be a $500 a piece bonus when the whole thing was done, when the two Nigerians got back from a trip to Nigeria... Those two motherfuckers bought the rope. The thing about this Juicy Jesse Somley situation that really bothers me is the irresponsibility. You are a irresponsible, lying, crazy, crazy, fake gay Tupac. You not the real gay Tupac, Juicy Jesse. You are a fake gay Tupac. And I'm telling you right now, you have used being black, you have used being homosexual, and my prediction is that this motherfucker at some point is going to use being mentally ill all to benefit himself, and that is dead fucking wrong and irresponsible. Cut that willy off, Miles. Cut it off! I know it sounds good. I know that Willie Hutch sounds so, so good. This case is now going to a grand jury. And I will tell you something. Look on my timeline. On Friday night, after they had the two Nigerian brothers in there for 48 hours, as soon as they let them go and they said the case had shifted, I said, 
That is because those motherfuckers spilled the beans. They were like, fuck this shit. We ain't going down for this motherfucker. They told them everything. And the Chicago police and the FBI are doing everything by the book, by the numbers, to get the... They're offended by this shit because of the irresponsibility. This motherfucker is going to come out and be like, I'm on some mental... Uh, I have mental health issues, I'm crazy. Yo, if you have mental health issues and you're crazy and all that, then you should not be speaking on the mental health community until you are healed. This motherfucker's going to jail and he's probably going to a psych ward and the last thing you're going to ever do is see this motherfucker on TV. That's it. No more Juicy Jesse Somlet. Can't talk about it anymore. Can't do it. Won't do it. To quote the great, Mike Singletary, who just so happens to also be one of the great Chicago Bears, who just so happens to be where this whole Juicy Jesse Somalay situation went down in Chi-Town, Chirac. I am Rappaport Podcast. All right. Uh, finally. I'm in deep, 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 way deep than I wanted to be. Meek. Mill and Meek Mill fans. Oh my goodness. So the other day during the NBA All-Star game, pregame, Meek Mill was performing. And I tweeted out, and I quote, I said, Meek Mill, great story, great look, trash rapper, sorry. Okay, people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right away, what the fuck are you talking about? Then I continued on. I said, you make 300 songs, five will be okay. I said, Meek Mill had a chance to prove he was a dope rapper, and then came Drake. Well, lo and behold, these tweets went viral. People were all up in their feelings. Pun intended. And you got me in my feelings. People were all up in their feelings, all the hip-hop bloggers and culture critics why are you saying this you have no right to say that first of all culture critics if you call yourself a fucking culture critic your opinion is null and void to me that is not a job that is not an occupation you're a culture critic you're a hip-hop blogger you're a hip-hop podcaster based on what There's four elements to hip-hop, DJing, MCing, breakdancing, and graffiti. Blogging ain't one of them. It ain't never been one of them. Blogging? You call yourself a hip-hop blogger? Can you breakdance? Can you DJ? Can you MC? Do you do graffiti? I don't give a fuck about your blog. You're a hip-hop blogger. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I shouldn't have an opinion. You're a culture vulture. You're right. I'm your favorite culture vulture's favorite culture vulture. I don't give a fuck. I'm a culture vulture. I've been doing this shit. I've been around this shit. I've seen this shit. You say, because you're white, eat a dick. You're white. You shouldn't speak on this. You shouldn't speak on that. I've been around this shit. In New York City, when it comes to hip-hop, when it comes to music, I have impeccable taste. My taste is gorgeous. My taste is phenomenal. I have great ears for music. My whole style is impregnable. Shout out to Mike Tyson. These Meek Mill tweets put me under siege all day. You have no right to say this. You have no right to say that. Culture vulture this, culture vulture that. And I say to myself, I've seen more than you've seen. I've been around more than you've been around. The movies that you see, that you watch about the real people in real life from New York City. I was hand in hand on 145th Street and 8th Avenue slapping motherfucking pounds with these dudes. I was at the rooftop. I watched Dougie Fresh in 87, 86. I don't fact check. Seen all kind of shit. My opinion is valid. 
My taste is impeccable, impregnable. But this ain't about my taste. This is about my opinion. Now, I will say this. I shouldn't have used the word trash when it comes to Meek Mill. He's not trash. And I, and I, and I rocked a lot of his music today. He's not trash. He's not for me. Okay, in my opinion, he's just not for me. And I'll say this. I'll say this shit. When all you motherfucking hip-hop blogging cornballs and all you so-called fucking fans, you fair weather. Because when this motherfucker was under siege from Drake, when Drake was shitting on Meek Mill and then he came back and went back to back, I didn't say a fucking word. I wanted nothing more than Meek Mill to bury this motherfucker in hip-hop, in music. I tweeted about it. I talked about this on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I was rooting for Meek Mill. I thought it was offensive. Disrespectful when motherfuckers booed Meek Mill in Philadelphia in his own home city. I talked about it. I tweeted about it. When these corny ass fans, these fair weather fans that are trying to pop shit to me about a culture vulture and all that shit. When you were calling this motherfucker Mr. Minaj and dissing him. I didn't say a fucking word. So all you motherfuckers can eat three dicks. You corny fair weather fans. You were dissing this motherfucker when Drake was on him. I was cheering him on. Look up my tweets. I wanted him to come back. His music isn't for me, but I will say, and I'll say it again, he's not trash. My wife is a fan of his. I know I'm in the minority. I th- I'll say this. I'll think he, I think he's overrated. That's my opinion. But he's not trash. But it doesn't end there. Oh, no. Oh, fucking no. So Meek Mill got wind of what I said. And he tweeted out, Ayo. And he added Michael Rappaport. Except for he added M-I-C-H-E-A-L. R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. My name is spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L. The only one who I know whose name is spelled Michael with an E before the A is the great Sugar Ray Richardson, a.k.a. Michael Richardson from the New York Knicks and the New Jersey Nets. So he tweeted me this. The Meek Mill tweeted this at me. A Michael Rappaport, but the wrong Michael Rappaport. Don't ever use the word trash when you speaking on nothing from our culture, unless you're trying to get trashed. Number two, who gave you authorization to be speaking on us? Number three, what you charging now? Last time I seen you, you wanted a selfie emoji. Be great, though, on the net. And then he had to tweet again. He essentially had to go back to back on me because his first tweet was to the wrong Michael Rappaport. No pun intended. He had to go back to back on me. And Meek Mill tweeted this. When the first tweet swung and missed, he said, hey, yo, who this? It was a picture of me and him at the NBA All-Star game. I believe it was 2016 or 15. Might have been 2015 in New York when I sat next to him and Nicki Minaj. The whole thing was nice, cool. He was on a date, kept it funky. He said... Me, Ayo, who this? Anonymous, I think that's the guy from White Men Can't Jump. Him, he said that I said this. Meek, you so fire, you give me that feeling what hip-hop is missing. I'm a fan, can I get a selfie? And then he says, he said, hurry up, go ahead. That's not really how it went down. I didn't take a selfie with Meek Mill, but it was all cordial. I shouldn't have said, he's trash, okay? And then he tweeted, third time i never liked you since you played remy on the rooftop i kind of been on your ass anyway l o l and people went crazy you got bodied by meek that's an l you got bodied by meek yo bust this shit the fact that meek mill went so hard at me i just wished he would have went as hard at drake during that whole drake battle but know this meek mill and you fair weather meek mill fans When the shit was going down with you and Drake, I was the one on the sidelines cheering you on, hoping you would come back with that heater, that banger. But you didn't do it. You did not do it. I never said anything. I wasn't posting memes. I wasn't talking shit about you and your chick. None of that stuff. 
I know I'm in the minority by thinking he's overrated. Okay? And I know, and I also tweeted this. I know this dude is going to do good things with his life. Because aside from the rapping, this dude is now in a position to do something with the prison reform program that he started with Jay-Z and Patriots owner Robert Kraft and so forth and so on. I also tweeted that. Of course that gets buried. It turns into this whole thing. And I'm a culture vulture once again. I was invited to the cookout just a few days ago, and now my cookout invitation was taken away once again. Always me. What the fuck am I going to do? I can't go to Twitter's cookout once again. God damn it. Nobody's trying to go to that bullshit cookout. Okay? Nobody is trying to go to that bullshit cookout. You fair weather fucking fans. Because you were talking crazy about Meek Mill when it went down with Drake. You motherfuckers in Philadelphia, you were booing the hometown hero. I was embarrassed when I saw that shit. Let's not forget. He's on top of the world now because he went to jail. He came out. He was wronged. And now he started this thing. Bad timing on my part. Yes. But to talk about you can't speak on this and you're a culture vulture, get the fuck out of here. You don't know hip-hop like I know hip-hop. You ain't been around hip-hop like I've been around hip-hop. As I said, my ears, my taste is impeccable. My style is impregnable. Again, shout out to Mike Tyson. If I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty of what I don't like about Meek Mill, it's the flow. There's no flow. Too many words. In each sentence, it's too much. Slow it down. Stay on the beat. I need that flow. But I'm not trying to escalate the shit any further because at the end of the day, I know this is a good dude and I know he is going to do good things with his position and everything he's been through. It isn't that fucking serious. It's the fans and the divisiveness. You can't speak on hip-hop, you cracker. You culture vulture. Jews try to steal everything. This is all the shit that has come at me about this tweet. The fuck out of here. Your barbecue's corny. What the fuck are you listening to at your barbecue? You playing breakbeats? You got a DJ? What the fuck are you playing? Some Brucey e. B tapes? Some Kid Capri tapes? What are you playing at your barbecue? Your barbecue is whack. Your barbecue's trash, B. Okay? I said that. Barbecue's trash. What are you listening to at the barbecue? You playing James Brown. What the fuck are you listening to? That's that. There's no more. Listen, it's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Okay, my name is Shaman Rappaport. I'm a shaman. That's right. That's right. I'm now a shaman. I took a 90-minute online class. Simple as that. You know where to find me, at Michael Rappaport. You know where to find the podcast, at I Am Rappaport. And what more can I say? Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice, something real proper, something real funky, and something that I would love to hear Meek Mill stay on beat and flow over. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Out. <laughs>